Shall we give it a go? Yeah, let's get cracking. Let's get cracking. Welcome back to another episode of the Fine Margin Sport Podcast. Obviously, I'm joined again by Will. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Nice to see you. Nice see to you see nice. you too, yeah. Uh, obviously, before we get into the show, I've got to say all this sort of stuff. Subscribe to the channel, like the video, comment on it, listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And now that's out of the way, let's get into the bulk of the episode. So this episode, I thought we'd do something a little bit different. I'm gonna we're gonna concentrate on the recent news about Barcelona's finances, and I also thought we could um, dive deep into Arsenal's transfer window because I think they did quite a bit of shrewd business in getting rid of dead weight this transfer window. So let's start with Barcelona. Recently, there's um, it got leaked that um, they're over a billion pound in debt and they're teetering on bankruptcy. Seven hundred million of that is. Um, needed to be paid off in the short term with 200 over 200 million of that being needed to pay be paid back by the 30th, 30th of june this year and then messi's contract like coincidentally along with this report got leaked and it, it was shown that he over the last four years of his contract that and that will finish in the summer he would have been paid 492 million over the last four years, which is around about two and a half million, two and a half million pounds a week, and that's just in the salaries and benefits that you get specifically from Barcelona, which I don't think I've ever seen a contract of that big, to be honest. They're, they're crazy sums of money, aren't they? No. I mean, Barcelona are, are funded by the fans, effectively, aren't they? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So do you think worst case? I mean, I'm not an expert, but do you think worst case they can just have a whip round and say? Can you all give us a fiver? I think I think they need a strong, strong like, like in injection of money by from like a wealthy benefactor or something like that. It's not even like like I mean the answer would be well if they could sell Messi, but obviously well he can't. From all those finances, I think there's no doubt about it that he's going to be leaving in the summer. To dive deeper into the debt that they have, they still in 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 all. For Coutinho, they still owe sixty million on him. For wow. De Jong, that they bought from Ajax a couple couple summers ago, they still owe fifty five million from him. For Malcolm, that they bought from Bordeaux, who's now not even there, he was there for a year. He's gone to Senate Saint Petersburg now. They still owe around twenty million on him. For Artur, that they bought from Gremio, and now they sent him off to Juventus last summer, they still owe twenty million on him as well. So they still owe money on a bunch of players they don't... Did you hear the rumour about like Coutinho? That I'm not sure if it's true or not, but he's got about four appearances left to make, and if he makes them, then they have to pay Liverpool an extra like five million in their add-ons. So he's, yeah, he's, been, he's, not, he's not playing at the moment because they don't have the money that, that, to pay the instalment. Because in the next instalment that, that Liverpool are owed for him, they have to pay about thirty-five million pounds, and I, they at the moment they, they can't, they just can't afford to do that. It's crazy, isn't it? Because you yeah. hear these stories about like Wigan and these clubs, and they're they're big clubs. They're, I mean, they're clubs that like Leeds, Leeds at the time was a, Leeds it. at the time was, was a massive club that like went into administration. Leeds at the time, who were Leeds? Who were Leeds? Leeds, yeah. But you don't expect it to happen to a Barcelona. It's crazy to all. think about. So imagine the possibility. Like losing Barcelona as a, as a as an institution, it's just not. It's beyond belief. It's beyond belief. Yeah. But I mean, I, I remember growing up hearing stories of like United, how they were always a billion pounds in debt and have been kind of. They forever. are still. And then, 
Yeah, they are. And I think because they're such a global brand, they've been able to sort of maintain that that position mm-hmm. and because of their sort of their their, their image and their, their shirt sales like everywhere. Um, so I wonder whether Barcelona could to some extent do the same. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's slightly different for teams like Man United and that sort of thing because they are owned by like a sole massive entity. And in, in the case yeah. of Barcelona, they're, they're one of one of seven teams in the La Liga that are fan-owned, along with a bunch of other... Like, Real Madrid are fan-owned as well, technically. But Does that make it worse or better? I mean, I don't know. At the moment, it looks like it's worse because you don't have that... Um, you don't have that leverage that you can have with a massive, massive owner that can get you out of sticky situations. That's the thing. You don't have just someone who can pump in money. Yeah, exactly. Fans say, oh, I don't have any money to give. Yeah. Well, I guess Barcelona yeah. fans are so passionate, aren't they, that you would think if it really came to it, then they'd, they'd get bailed out. I mean, they're teetering on bankruptcy right now. So like, yeah. to further go with the amount of money they owe, in terms of next instalments for all transfers that they have, they have like um, in terms of players that they've, they've bought on in their next installments, they owe £110 million. And altogether, in like further installments, they owe £170 million still. Last summer, they got rid of Luis Suarez, they got rid of Vidal, they got rid of Rakitic, and a bunch of other players, which trimmed the wage bill quite a lot. I think altogether, in terms of all of their players that they got rid of in the summer, it trimmed their wage bill about £80 million a year, I think it trimmed their wage bill. significant. But, But saying that, 74% 74% of their revenue still goes towards player wages, which is above the La Liga limit of 70%, which is still not good at all. Do any other leagues have caps, or is it just La Liga? I, from what I know, um, most Premier League clubs, they hover around 50-55%. Some go as high as 60 I don't think any really go above 60 that much. I don't know about caps. They've talked about it in like the lower leagues in the in the UK, in England. I think like last, last yeah, summer. I think the League One one's been abandoned because there was massive. Um, it doesn't uh, work. Brothers complaining about it. For, I don't think it works. Bit. I don't think it works because, say, a team like Sunderland and a team like Accrington Stanley, those yeah. those revenue streams are way, way different. And the other problem is, it's going to create such a massive distortion between League One and the Championship that no mm. one in League One going up to the Championship. Yeah, ever because be once they go up, it's not like they get a massive injection of money where oh, we can just sign anyone we want. They're still like. Yeah. probably operating yeah. at the same level that they are probably a bit more because they're now in the championship but they're still operating you can't at change levels. your whole squad can you no you like, there'll be players who didn't want to play you for you before and then maybe you can sign one or two in the, the window that you go up but uh to completely change your but yeah I, i'm glad they abandoned it because uh obviously have a following in it switch and uh i think mm-hmm. they'll, they'll, uh, they'll they'll benefit from the from the outlaw of that rule so with this financial situation that's happening at barcelona their, their interim president carlos tusquets Who's rep- who obviously replaced um, Bartomeu, who, who resigned recently. He, in a recent interview, um, told the press that um, they were unable to pay Barcelona's players' wage- agreed January's wages, which I think further shows how much like in the shitter they are. It's just crazy how bad they've been run recently. It's shocking. Of all, it's... Like, I know I've said this already, but you just don't expect it to happen to a like a mega... Club like Mega Barcelona. Club, yeah. Do you think there's any possibility that success? I don't know how much money you get for winning the Champions League. Well, not winning, but if they had some level of success in the Champions League and were able to progress at least a few rounds, could that bail them out to some degree? They might be able to pay off some of the transfers that they owe, but they still, they like I said, they they owe transfers on 
players that aren't even, aren't even at the club yeah. anymore. Like they they sold Artur this summer, who they still owe money to Gremio for, and they still owe Juventus wow. money for buying Pjanic, who they technically just, replaced him for. It just seems their policy on so many levels, their transfer policy, their their footballing policy, their everything. It just seems has gone wrong. There, there's no there's no strategy. The team's not even good. They've got all this money they owe. I think the team's good. Like in the last, in I think they've won seven on the bounce in the league. They have a lot of good young. They have a lot of good young players. It's not. It's not. Atletico is still top, though. No? Yeah, it's not a title-winning team yet. I think in the next no. three, four years they can be. Right now, they're, it's they a very, it's, it's a very it's a lot, young squad. If, if this financial problem is turning to more problems, they might yeah, get rid of that's some the of thing. Those that's the thing. That's the thing. So obviously, there's a massive elephant in the room with the whole Messi issue, like him being owed that much money. I always thought if he ever did leave Barcelona, he'd go back to his boyhood club in Argentina, New Old Boys. I couldn't see him ever going anywhere else because I just he's, he just came across as that kind of one man club sort of guy. His shirt is so iconic. Yeah, it's it's, Messi, it's Messi crazy. So like the amount of the amount of moments you can think about with Messi in that shirt is yeah. crazy. You just but, can't imagine him in another shirt. I mean. I... Where would you? Th- where that's my, that's my if, question. If it saves Barcelona, if it saves Barcelona as a club, then obviously you think, well, he won the league. But there's something that's just quite nostalgic about him wanting to be there. The thing is, I don't, I, don't, I don't think they can afford him. But I don't, I don't see any way they can afford him past this summer. I mean, the only way would be if he still had a good relationship with them and wanted to take the take massive a huge pay cut, massive pay cut. Yeah, but I mean, he'd fallen out with them already. Like, it's not like. He was everything was bliss, and he's gonna say, "Oh, I love Barcelona, my boy. Well, not boyhood club, but my like career club." Essentially, his boyhood club still. He was there since he was like thirteen or something. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so, if if the relationship was like sort of how it was maybe two years ago, three years ago, um, he might have said, "Oh, you're the club I love. I'll take a pay cut. I'll save you. I'll I'll be Messi's Barcelona." Because let's be honest, he doesn't need money. I don't think he'll be moving for money. Um, On the quite a shame because obviously it's just irreparable. So. On the topic of moving, though, obviously in the summer just gone, there was rumblings about him perhaps going to Man City to reunite with um, Pep Guardiola. I always, I also think that perhaps a move to PSG and reunite with Neymar, in a sense, could be a move. To be honest, they're the only two moves that I can see happening logistically because Which those financially, yeah, financially, like, I don't think any other yeah. club can really afford to have him. To be honest, Bayern. Would they like? Why would they? Like, they have like Nabri, they have Coman, they have Sane in those positions. Why would say, I mean, who who would turn down the opportunity to sign Messi? Though? It's true. It's just like, no matter how know. good you are, you I get the opportunity know. to sign the best player of all time. I'm I'm or, not sure. I'm not one of the two. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not well versed on Bayern's like financial happenings, so I would I, I wouldn't know. But obviously, I guess yeah, any club would take him at the lowest price they can. If hypothetically. If City sign Messi, they don't win the Champions League this year, mm-hmm. and then they win the Champions League with Messi, how much do you think that gives to Guardiola or takes away from Guardiola? It's a tough question. It's a tough question because the, the thing is, everyone always says about Pep is that he's never done it without that Barcelona team, which is it was an incredible yeah. team. Like the, yeah, he's never the won hand, the Champions League the hand he was dealt was like two aces in the in a poker hand. He got dealt two aces. Yeah, he's never really like when he went to Bayern. The expectation was for him to win the Champions League again after Ancelotti did. It was after Ancelotti, wasn't it? That 
He, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, after Antwerp, he did, and he, he didn't well, obviously. Uh, what? Sorry, what? Uh, by by Munich, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, obviously he didn't achieve that, which is I think people normally see him as like underperforming at Bayern Munich because he didn't win the Champions League there, and then he was brought into Man City to win the Champions League, which was the hurdle they couldn't overcome, and. I oh, know in the recent recent Champions Leagues that I've watched Man City, I think Pep has got it wrong in the in the in the knockout stages, especially yeah. last year with Leon. He was resting players in the. Do you know Do you know what with Pep though? I think he's always had been dealt a good t- hand. He's gone to great teams at Barcelona. He had great teams, but even if City don't win the Champions League this year, let's assume they're going to win the league. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be one of his best achievements as a manager this year. To have the setback, yeah. yeah, to have the setback of not winning the league, like Liverpool were undoubtedly the best team in the league last year and then to go rebuild and like sort of reinvent not reinvent them they're the same well a lot of the players are yeah same, like he's, to... he's kind of he is he has kind of real maybe not the whole squad but in the, in the sense that the, the team works he's real rebuilt the t- how the team yeah. works so to, it's, it's, not many they've done great they've done success. great mm-hmm. there's not many managers who have success and then it goes slightly wrong i mean obviously it wasn't a disaster last year it went slightly wrong and then he's been able to sort of get back right to the top and I think that's that I think there's only two managers in English football I can really think you've done that and uh one I would say is Mourinho to an extent yep. Chelsea mm-hmm. uh, and the second one's Fergie yeah Fergie. and he's done it multiple times yeah 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 um so so uh, yeah you know, Guardiola can well probably put himself in that category which I think is a very impressive achievement so with Barcelona obviously even with their financial troubles they still need they still have like positions in their team where they need to improve on because at the moment that you could say Griezmann is their top striker, they probably need another one because at the moment the second striker is Martin Braithwaite, who doesn't come across as the most Barcelona. Like he's not like he a Barcelona name player. Sound like a world star, does it? Yeah, and then also I think that striker and CDM is probably the main two positions they need to re up on because I've been watched Busquets recently and. Also, looking the stats from him this year, he's on the decline, and it's not going to get better from the looks of it. So, in terms of that, let's start with that CDM role. Obviously, Wijnaldum, he's probably the guy that they would want to. There's been rumours about Barcelona coming in with a contract offer for him to go there in the summer, and he doesn't seem to be keen on re-signing with Liverpool this. For, for, for I think he's going to be a big loss to Liverpool, and uh, if they can get him and not ruin their finances, I think he'll be a he'll be a great addition mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. to start. Um, their financial situation allows for it. I think that's a that's a great start. A great maybe not I build think, around because I he's, think not, he's not if, revolutionary yeah. signing. Yeah, but like say he he can fill a void that they have at the moment for a couple of years. And good, at striker, good. obviously, last summer they were. They were rumoured with Memphis Supply, who they couldn't sign because there's a rule in La Liga where you have to sell a player before you buy a player, and that didn't happen. So, they were. What do you mean every time? Every time you. you I think to a. a, I think once you reach like a certain squad number. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So they they were rumoured with Memphis Memphis Depay, who his who will also be on a free this summer if he doesn't re up with Leon. And last summer they were cheap though wage wise, is he? Again, I think it will. I think he's going to be a lot cheaper than Messi is. To be honest, he's not going to true, be. He's, you get a hundred grand a week, you probably take that. I think. Yeah. And also last summer, well, they everyone's were, going to want Haaland, yeah. aren't they? But I, I, I would They're say not, he's. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like one of those things at the moment. Like last summer, they were they were also rumored with Lautaro Martinez from 
Inter Milan, who is obviously a great yeah. player, and he, he, the way he plays fits that Barcelona system. But there's since that last summer, there's been nothing about him going to Barcelona at all. And I think it just shows. You think that's the financial situation? I think it's. I think a lot of it was probably like smoke and mirrors about you know this. I mean, this situation. is obviously there's nothing there's, there's nothing scientific about this argument. I could just imagine Haaland in a Barcelona shirt. I really could. Really, I can imagine him in the oh, Madrid. Shirt. I struggle to picture him. Barcelona Madrid. One I, could sort of... I thought Mad- I think Madrid is probably a better. I, I mean, it makes intuitive sense, but just like picturing him just in the shirt, I don't know why. It just seems to suit that that the claret and blue. Maybe she should go Not gonna lie, I have a funny feeling. I think she should go to West Ham. <laughs> All about like Man City. His dad used to play there. Well, I can see him in claret and blue. So what does that leave? Burnley, kind of. Villa. Villa, Burnley, Villa, West Ham, and Barcelona. They can't do it because of the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, so. Crystal Palace to an extent, kind of. If you make that red yeah. a bit more clarity. So I think we've we've covered the Barcelona situation to as much as we can do right now. I think obviously in in the more in the future there'll probably be a lot more that will come out about it and whether Messi actually stays or goes. So moving on to the transfer window that happened in January. I want to talk about Arsenal because I think they did quite a bit of good business in the January transfer window. They got rid of a lot of dead weight. They got rid of Ertzel, who was just didn't seem he wasn't going to play again for them. He wasn't going to play again. And he was taking three hundred grand off them a week on wages. Kolasinac, he just never really, never really got it going at Arsenal, in my opinion. He never really got it going. They got rid of Mustafi. Yeah. Who's gone? Who they terminate their, his contract and he's gone on a free to Schalke. Who Kalashnikov also went on loan to Schalke and it will be up in his contract will be done in the summer. So I'm assuming I don't know because Schalke are at like bottom of the league right now and it looks like they're going to go down. So I don't know how they're going to keep paying those two. And then Socrates, he's his contract got terminated and he's gone back to Greece. He's, he's playing for Olympiakos right now. So in all. They got rid of seven hundred and fifty grand a week in terms of wages of players that just weren't playing. They just weren't playing. So I think that's a very good in terms of you can say it's hard to say because this window was kind of so rubbish because nothing really happened. Yeah. But in the in a financial sense, I think they definitely won the window. If you could say anyone won the window, it's difficult, isn't it? Because uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a window anyone really won because there was no marquee signings. I don't think. You could say Erdegaard. Erdegaard was perhaps a marquee signing. Has he played much for them? Yeah. He's played. A, he's played every game that he's been there. Has he? He looks well, quite good. He lo- he had his breakout. He had a breakout season at Sociedad last year. I think he was behind William. Yeah. Behind William Jose, who's gone to Wolves. I think he was second in goal contributions. And this season, it, it, I don't know. Him and Zidane just didn't seem to get a, get on a, get yeah. on. And I don't think he before. He moved to Arsenal. I don't think he played since November, so I think he's still finding his footing a bit, like in terms of like. He's only on loan, right? He's only on loan. He's on a he's on a like a normal loan. I think in all the loan amounts to two and a half million pounds, which is quite cheap nowadays for yeah, a loan. Yeah, but and they've got him till what the end of the season, and then mm-hmm. we'll see in the summer. We'll see in the summer. Um, yeah. I think they've had a good window. I think they need there was players they needed to get rid of to sort of develop. I think that like. It's the first step, isn't it? Like they, I don't, I still don't think they've got a squad that's capable of competing for the top four, like this season or next. So I think this, like they've allowed themselves to have the good summer window. So this summer is when they're going to need to really rebuild and sign well, because clearly over the last few years, I think those players that they've now got rid of, 
were players that they did business for in the last few windows. And it's yeah, I think Danny Ceballos is still there. I think he's on a simple loan still as well from Real Madrid. And I've heard that he wants to try and make his way back into that Real Madrid squad. So if he does perhaps if he does go back to Real Madrid and try and make his way into that squad, that's another bit. Like he kind of plays, he's like a deep lining midfielder. So they'd have to like get another player for there. Well, they got Party and Jacka. I think Jacka's kind of flourished since um, Party's come come along. And if 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 somehow they sign Erlegard on the permanent transfer, I think that'll be very very good on their part of signing someone who offers a creative outlook that I think they've lacked since um, Ertel hasn't been in the team. Obviously, Saka Smith Rowe as they've been balling since they've both started like. Since Saka's yeah. been on the right wing and then Smith Rowe through the middle, they've been balling. They've been great. They've been great. Saka's. I think Ozil's become this legend since uh, since he didn't get in the team. But I think people forget that when Ozil was in the team, Arsenal fans were waxing lyrical about how poor he was. Like was. They wanted him out of the team. And Arsenal fans, honestly, I think they are the worst fans. I, <laughs> apologies if there are any Arsenal fans listening. But like they just complain and complain and complain. And if something changes and everything's still not going wrong, they'll completely reverse their complaints to whatever suits them in that current moment. Because when they were losing, when Ozil was playing, it was Ozil's fault. And when they were losing when he wasn't playing, it, it's, the, it's the manager's fault for not putting him in the team. Like You can't have it both ways. Yeah, I think when they bought him to Arsenal, when they bought him from Madrid, I think they kind of promised him that, oh, we're, okay, we're going to build a team around you. We're going to let you flourish in this 10 role that's kind of the 10 role doesn't really exist to an extent anymore because he's not he's not a type of guy who's going to be pressing all the time so by building around him they gave him Giroud as a striker who went in in um Ertzel's best season I think at Christmas he was on like 14 15 assists and then after Christmas Giroud went on a 16 game goal drought which obviously doesn't help his numbers at all. I just don't think... Uh, I, I mean, I don't remember that season at the back of my hand, but that goes both ways, doesn't it? I don't know whether it was Jury missing chances or Ozil not creating as much as he did before. It could be. A I bit mean, any goal drop that a striker goes through, it's kind of their fault to an extent, you've got to say. Yeah, but it's also a product of the production they're getting. But OK, but, but so if, they're, if he's at 14 assists by Christmas, surely that production and the creative chances are good enough to be scoring yeah, goals. Yeah, but I think it goes both ways. I think he, part of it is a regression to the mean from Ozil, and then also... Um, he had Giroud, well. Giroud, and then... Giroud I, I can't help but defend him, because I think he gets so much stick. I'm not giving him stick. He... I just, back then, I don't think he was... He wasn't... He was very streaky back then. He was very... Yeah. You can't you can't admit he was streaky. Like, behind Giroud... I think people won't pro- properly appreciate the numbers that Giroud's actually got until after he's retired. I think he's still seen as this okay striker who sort of does a job for you, but actually his numbers are sort of one of the best ever in the Premier League, really, especially... Well, behind... Okay. In the Chelsea game, he scored the third most goals off the bench ever in the Premier League. I think that's where he is, though. I think he's a bench player. But, well, I mean, for his a top goals tally is not bad either. I think he's I think got 100 top... goals in the Prem. I might be wrong. I think for a... a top team, he's he's a very good impact sub because... He offers he normally offers something different than a typical like a modern striker does, so um, teams have teams defensively have to adapt to a new style of forward that's up there. So I think that does help him. I think if he was starting more games, I don't think he'd do as well as if he was start, like he is now. He's starting more on the on the bench. But be, yeah. saying that, behind 
Giroud, they had Yaya Sonogo, who no yeah. one's talking about him as being a good player anymore, is it? Are they? I don't think anyone was talking about him being a good player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, like, I'm yeah. not, in all honesty, in terms of like what Chelsea have right now, I think he's probably in all your best striker right now. I'm not counting Werner as your striker. Difficult, isn't it? Like, I think Tammy and Giroud are very different things. Like Tammy made a run, the one he got injured on the first time the other day. You think that was a penalty? No, I think it was a good tackle. I mean, you can. It's I mean, unfortunate, I think isn't it? Given, just unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah, if it had been given as a penalty, I don't think it would have been overturned because there was a lot of contact. Mm. I think it was a heavy challenge, but he got the ball, no penalty. But uh, what I was going to say is, I don't think Giroud makes that run. He's not on the pace Tammy has. Yeah, he's not making that run. Yeah, he's not making that run. But Giroud has got other qualities. I think he's. he's posi- I think Giroud's positioning is better in the box. Like so, when exactly, a cross exactly a cross comes, yeah, when a cross comes in or something, and you get, he's he so always, good at getting in front he's of always the there defender. for the rebound. He's always there for the rebound. He's so good at getting in front of the defender, winning winning the cross, uh, and uh, and finishing it off, which is it makes it look easy, and sometimes it is. But it, it, like the finish he had when he scored the goal, like. Uh, he just sort of smashed it in, and it was an open goal, but uh, it did sort of bounce up, which mm-hmm. is it could easily have been fucked up, and uh, he uh, he took it very cleanly. Sticking with Arsenal, they also let a couple young players go in terms of loans. They let Joe Willock go to Newcastle, which I think is a very good fit for him. I don't think I don't think he's an Arsenal level player. I think Newcastle's probably his level, and he, he seems to have hit the ground running since he's been to Newcastle. And also they let go of Maitland Niles, which I thought was a bit weird on Arsenal's part, especially because he can cover so much, so many positions in that team. Like he's played right back, he's played left back, he's played in the mid he's played centre mid. He can also he sees himself as a winger, so he can also obviously in in essence he could play there as well. He went to West yeah. Brom. I don't think he imagined himself going to West Brom, not gonna lie. Because he's gone to a team that are worse than Newcastle, really. And I think Michael Niles is a much better player than Joe Willock. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, loans are difficult ones, aren't they? Because, I mean, you can be a very good player, but you just want to go somewhere you'll play every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think when you're going somewhere mid-season, wherever you go, it's going to be hard to to play every week because that yeah. team's been established for half a season. So somewhere like West Brom, who are struggling, you're probably more likely to get more games, which is, which is probably what he needs right now. I think the one issue that he had with Arsenal in terms of where he was being played, at least. I think he sees himself as a midfielder, and they always seem to play him as a cover for a right-back or left-back. And I think he wants to play in midfield, which is why he was also rumoured to go to Leicester, and he was also rumoured to go to Southampton. I don't think he went there because they're kind of in contention with Arsenal this year to get European spaces. So I don't think they allowed well, him to back, go there. Well, back to my getting games thing, I think... I think for Southampton, he was played every game. I think for Southampton, he played every game. Leicester, I think, he struggled to break into that side. He he, I think bit. he could have started at right wing. He can also offer cover for Madison at, at, at centre attacking mid. He can also play where Tielemans plays as well. That's the thing. And well, also, Rogers they seem to have a bunch guy. of injuries. They have so many I injuries. I think Brendan Rodgers, one of his first names on the team sheet is Mark Albright. And I know how good so many others of their players are. But he knows when he sticks nah, I mean, Mark Harvey Albright Barnes is the, the first team. name on that team sheet. Harvey Barnes is great. But that's what I'm saying. There's so many good players like Tielemans, Vardy, uh, Madison, whatever. But. All Brighton, you know exactly what he's very James Milner. You know exactly what you're going to get. He turns up, he puts his all, uh, very solid. Obviously, he's not their best player, but I think he's going to give you a seven out of ten every time he turns up. Yeah, so that's true. I, I that's think true. a very young guy is uh, is unlikely to get a position over over someone who's been around as long as Mark Albright has. So there's been a 
I just want to cover a couple more moves and other moves that didn't happen in the transfer window. Jesse Lingard, firstly, he went to West Ham from Man United. I think he's gone on a six-month loan, and I think I want to say his contract's up in the summer, but I'm not entirely sure on that. I think it's a great I'm not gonna, for his career. I think it's a great move because he's going to be playing every week. He seems to hit the ground running since he's gone there. I think it's a great move. 28 years old, he's got to be playing. Player, <laughs> he's 28 years old. He's got to be playing every week. That's a thing. Still feels like he's a kid, doesn't it? Like, I, it just feels like he's that young player at United who never fully kind of yeah, yeah. cracked it. But I don't know. I, I saw an interview Ollie did after he, after uh, the move happened, and Ollie was like, "He's still a United player. I still see him having a future at United." And uh, I don't know how true that is. I don't know whether it's. A I good think thing he was a, it is true. I think he was a good player for their period where they were transitioning to what they are now, like from that Fergie yeah. era to what they are now. He was a good transition player. Like he, he scored a bunch of in, important goals. I think one year with, I think the one of the years with Mourinho, he scored like fifteen goals one season in all competitions, which is is a yeah. fantastic midfielder. That's great. I think I think United have just moved on, and I don't think he's the level that Man United are. I think if United tried to keep him, it's not good for him either. I think it's the point where he needs to sort of make the most of his career. Like these are going to be his peak years, so he needs to go somewhere, find his level, find. Mm-hmm. Upper mid table side, West Ham probably a good one, for example, and have a very. I think you can have a successful career there. I don't think it. If he goes and sits on the bench for United until he's thirty four and plays the odd game, I mean, when he when he sort of hangs up his boots at the end, what will he be able to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played for his boyhood club, but I mean, yeah, there's there's some merit to that, but I, I think he he's a good enough player to want more than that. Yeah. Obviously, he's he's been playing very well since in in the few games he's played for West Ham, he's played very well. Do you think there's a potential for him if he carries on this form to go into the Euros? He did. He did. He went, he went to the World Cup like like a couple of years back. He played quite well in the World Cup, I thought. Yeah, but that's a different time, isn't it? That was when he was starting for United. Honestly, I would say no. There's we've got too many good wingers. Like he's not a winger. Like, he's just stuck in mid. Huh? Attacking mid. Too many good wingers. Too many good attackers. To, like, you'd have to get above Mason Mount, probably above Grealish, above. It's just too. The list goes on. I, I can't. I can't yeah. see it. Like James yeah. Madison. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd love to be able to say maybe if he plays really well, but I just can't see it. Another move that's happened this transfer window, I thought it was a very weird move. I think it happened whilst Frank was in charge. I'm not sure Tuchel would have done the same move, but uh, Fakayo Tomori has gone to. AC Milan on a loan with option to buy of 25 million euros in the summer. This is all my hypothesis, but okay, when he was at Derby for that season before he Frank moved, whilst he was Frank, Frank Lampard, he was Derby's player of the season. Like, even over Mason Mount, who had a great season, he got an England call up. Mason Mount got an England call up that season, and even with that, Tomori was Derby's player of the year. And then last season, he didn't start straight away, straight away, sorry. But when he came into the side, you saw he oh we've got a player here, we've got a good centre back that we can build around for the future. And then I think after the 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 stop in the season, I don't think he played I don't know, you you'll probably remember more, but I don't think he played many yeah, games. I mean after from the my start. memory that I mean it's always been a bit of a rotation. Well, prior to Thiago Silva coming, it was a bit of a rotation between Christensen Zuma and Tamori, and they all played a lot of games. But this year he's Fourth in the pecking order at best. I think, like, I think something's happened in the 
in the in the dressing room because I can't think why he's not higher up in that order. Because I think, from what I've seen at least, I think he's a better defender than Christensen. He might not be as good as Zuma, but he's probably more. He's more reliable. Zuma... I think he's more reliable than Zuma. Zuma can have stink. He can have games where like what what's going on oh, with Zuma I'm right not... now. Call me. Tell me I'm wrong on this one, but like, I don't think Zuma's good enough to play on a on a title winning side. No, I think he's, he's he's too much. He's too David Luizzi. He makes too many mistakes. You know, what? I don't even think that. I think David Luiz and him. I think they've got similarities, but I think kind of they're opposite they're two, players. They're both too clum. Well, you can, you can say they're both very clumsy. David Luiz is like a brilliant on the ball, brilliant pass to the ball, technically gifted guy. But I would say as a defender and doing the basics. Yeah, they're too clumsy as centre backs. They're both too clumsy at centre backs. But but Zuma, I would say, is almost the opposite in that. He's not that good on the ball. He's he's an okay passer, but he's not good enough passer to play at a top level side. But he's a very very good defender. He's a very good. Oh, I think he's quite he's clumsy. Very... I think he's really clumsy. He's no nonsense. Like I'd say, he like in the nineteen eighties, he'd, he'd be exactly what you want in the centre half. He gives away. Lot... I thought he's given away quite a few penalties, didn't he? he? He's clumsy in that sense, but I think he's no nonsense. He tackles hard. He's like I think I remember a story for San Etienne. He broke two of the guy's legs. Like he's a <laughs> really? proper like. Yeah, he's a proper like old fashioned centre half, but he he can't pass the ball like David mm-hmm. Luiz can. But if you put Kurt Zuma and David Luiz's good parts together, I think you'd have the <laughs> yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. centre half. Well, sticking with Samori anyway, since he's gone, he's been I think he's been a staple in that AC Milan team. I think it's a good move for him in terms of just getting game time. Perhaps he can make a yeah. move into getting to the Euros in the summer as well because he has played for England. He has played for Do England. You know what the weirdest part? Do you know what the weirdest part for me is about the Tamori thing? Like Chelsea loan players out all the time, so I knew like, I wasn't that surprised it went online. It's the buyout clause. Like, yeah, it's twenty-five million. It's quite cheap for a young defender who, for all intents and purposes, could be a very, very good, strong, yeah, Premier League centre back for a long, long time. But I don't understand what the value to us of doing that is. Like we loan him out. I mean, if we wanted to, if he played really well, we could probably still sell him in the summer and for more than that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you're losing a guy who. Has if not was if was the fourth choice at the time, like he he's clearly shown signs of potential of being fourth choice. But I think he's second best. That's the thing. Well, including Thiago Silva. Thiago's the best. I think Tamori's the second yeah. best. Wow, I mean that that's bold. Uh, who was better than him? As a, as a centre back, who's the better? The problem is, I think the other the other defenders are more the finished article than Tamori is. I'm thinking in terms of potential and upside. I think yeah. he's. Re- I thought. I thought he was. A re- whenever I saw him, I always thought he was really reliable as a centre back. Yeah, I think. I think Christensen's reliable as well, though, and more the finished article. So I. Oh, no, and, I think Christensen's Aspie, a hipsters type of centre back. He's quite quite and nice. Aspie, to watch. the proper finished article as well. So I mean, Aspie's playing centre back in the back five at the moment. Yeah, it's um, just. A, it's just a weird move. I thought. Like, I don't know. Perhaps. No, I agree. If perhaps if Tuchel, I don't know. But this is all like. 2020 hindsight, but perhaps if Tuchel came in a bit earlier, he could have maybe repaired the relationship a little bit more. It might, I don't know. If, I don't, I'm not saying it was with Frank at all. I just think it might have been with. Well, it could have been. You could be yeah. right. I've not heard anything about like a relationship. This is all my hypothesis. This is all my hypothesis yeah. because I can't think of anything else that perhaps happened. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's what's interesting to me is how like Tuchel is. He's clearly coming and he's decided Christmas is a better player than Zuma. Uh, as yeah. Alonso's playing over Chilwell, which is pretty random. Um, well, oh, he's right. Well, well, Alonso's played well. Yeah, uh, he's he's also. I think he's made he's made statements about all the players. He's said Chilwell's still very much a part of this team. I'm just trying. I think he's just trying out his team still. Not gonna lie. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, he's not gonna. St- I don't think he'll stick with three at the back all the time, because he's he is known to be a, a manager that. Oh, here's someone we completely forgot about Rudiger. I think Rudiger's played very well recently. I think he's probably yeah, that's definitely. True. That's true. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's true. We we've got a lot of centre halves. So that's the problem. Yeah. So the last player that I was going to talk about this transfer window, he didn't get a move, but I think everyone thought he was going to get a move. Is Deli Ali? There was every single rumor you ever heard this January was he was going to go to PSG. I think the problem with it was that he was only going to go there if Tottenham could get Ericsson back from Inter Milan on a loan deal, on a simple loan to throughout to the summer. But I think recently Ericsson's been playing quite well for Conte, Conte's Inter Milan team. It's just, oh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Do you think he can repair his relationship with Mourinho? I don't know whether you watched the documentary, but uh, they seem to like... I mean, Mourinho seemed to be judging from the start, and he was like, oh, I you're not a very good trainer. And then he still got in the team. And then clearly there's some gap between when that documentary finished and the fact that Delhi's not played at all this year, and something else must have happened, because they were getting on fine, and then, uh, and then it's gone wrong. So, um, I mean, Delhi Alley at best is brilliant. Like, he does some crazy things. He's a ma- like, magical player. Um, yeah, when, when hope... Mourinho first came in, Ali looked back to his best, and then yeah, what, I don't know. Something's happened. I, I think, I think Ali thinks he's better than he is, and I think Mourinho still thinks he's a very good player. But I don't think he he puts in the work to make him one of those like top five, yeah. top ten players in the league. I think I think he. I wants... think the thing with the relationship is because Deli Mourinho said so. This is the timeline. I think Mourinho noticed as soon as he came in. That Deli Ali wasn't that hard a trainer, mm-hmm. but Delhi was playing well, so it was fine. As soon as Delhi wasn't playing well, but still wasn't training hard, that was when you were going to have a problem, and that's what's yeah, happened. I think and that's been... because he's still not a good trainer, but wasn't before. He's never going to be able to get back in the team. I think that's so... the. Uh, I think that's also like similar to what's happened to Gareth Bale. I don't think Gar- from all the all the stuff I've read about Gareth Bale in terms of his training style, he's not a very good trainer at all. But he's always turned up and played very very well. So I think. Managers are like, okay, if he's going to play well, I don't really care how well he trains. But I think that's what at, Mourinho demands, isn't it? He, yeah. he wants players who are going to put their absolute all in. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of Deli Ali, I think a 10, like a 10, or an attacking midfielder who's going to put a shift in for them is exactly what they need right now. Like Undombele, he's an incredible player. I don't think he, I think he's much better if he plays in an 8 role rather than in a 10 role. Like if he plays a bit deeper. So there, there's yeah. a there's a void in that ten role where they've played. I think recently they've been playing with Lucas Moura there. They've been playing Eric Lamella there. They've been playing. They've played Undombele there. Just. Yeah. Do you think Mourinho will get the chance to if they so say they miss Champions League, which is a real possibility? And I, I would say. Do you think it was the, like? I know it's Mourinho, and obviously they have two world class world class players in in Son and Harry Kane. Do you think they were actually like expected to be? Top four for definite. I don't know about for definite. I, I, I expected them to get top four. I'm, I'm not going to lie. If you if you told me United at this stage would be ahead of Spurs, I'd have been surprised. Really? Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, how was it? Well, I mean, I've never I been convinced by Oli. Yeah, yeah, I just... Yeah, I, never, I, I haven't been convinced group. by Oli in terms of a title challenge, but I think he could... Yeah. I, I thought he was going to get top four. Uh, and I think they're only there courtesy of how good Bruno's been, which... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think they'd be an okay team. I think mm-hmm. they'd be struggling for top four without him. 
I think Solskjaer's a good attacking manager, but they're no, rubbish at the back with him, I think. Yeah. I just don't think they could... He's always seemed to I'm switch... Not, like, they switch the thing, off a lot. I think they've got... Fair, like, if you take United and and Spurs squad, mm-hmm. I would say they're, they're fairly similar. So I, I would say then the difference comes down to yeah, the management okay, yeah. in terms yeah. of quality. And and obviously you'd take Mourinho over, over Ollie any day of the week. So. I think... Come on, you take. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I think Spurs' defense isn't very good at all. I just don't think it's, don't think it's very good at all. Like yeah. Ben Davis, who's that? Like, no, thank you. Aurier, yeah. he's too, he's too much of a liability. I think all the all the viral, he's past his breast. And Sanchez, I've never been convinced by Davison Sanchez. I yeah. don't like Dyer at centre back. Not gonna lie, even though he's kind of done well sometimes, I don't like him at centre back. He seems to love Dyer, doesn't he? He's always wanted him. He's always a. I think he's a he's a solid CDM. I don't think he's a centre back. That's the thing. And I yeah. think the I think Larice is past his best as well. Uh, what do you mean? To me, like the defence. Although I think it could definitely be improved. The problem is they've just not got enough depth at up front. Like Kane and Son don't produce. They don't win games. They need That's some a, other uh, means of scoring. If they goals. had a better thing is when you have a bad defence, you have to sit your like centre centre mids deeper, which already invites pressure and it's always you're already playing a defensive style of play so the only way they can create right now is on the counter if they had better defenders i think that their cdms could play a bit higher their center mids could play a bit higher and it kind of allows them to be a bit more fluid and attacking wise yeah yeah it depends it's a chicken and egg isn't it It depends where you think the problem starts um uh, and i would say it's too much reliance on getting son but as you say maybe that comes as a product of their defense not being So the last player I just want to have a quick mention of because he's been he's had a torrid time at Real Madrid in all intents and purposes. He's had a torrid time there. He's just been injured all the time. Even when he has played, he hasn't played well. Is uh, Eden Hazard recently has been rumored for a move back to Chelsea for like fifty million, half the price that they got for him. What do you think about that? Being a Chelsea fan, would you have him back? I'm a Chelsea fan. I think it's going to be one of those ones like Ronaldo to United. It's going you to think be it's like a do you think it's like a Bale to Spurs type of thing if it happened? It, I mean, what do you mean if it happened? I think it's just like, I don't think it's going to happen. At least uh, maybe when he's older. Do you think it's I more think like a mass? Would it be more of a mascot move than a like a playing? No, no. I think I think he could still, if not the player of the year form, I think he could still play to a very high level. Mm-hmm. I think he's capable of that. He's had injury problems. Obviously, I don't watch him on a week-in, week-out basis, but it's not been that long since he left. So I think that that player is still there. But I just yeah. don't see him going back to Chelsea. I still think he'll want to at least prove to some extent why he went for that amount of money. Uh, and I think people will say, oh, he's going to go to Chelsea every summer. And yeah. He might He might when he's 35, and then it would be a bail type yeah. signing. Where yeah. He, but, but right now, I can't see it happening. With you saying he that player is still there, I'm not saying it's not, but this is what I'll say to you. Last decade, he was the most fouled player in the like in all of football. So, and also, he never had a stretch of time where he was always injured. Which is, considering he was the most fouled player, that's incredibly. You could say it's incredibly lucky. It, it's like his conditioning is incredible. But that was going. I think part I, of that is because of his low sense of gravity. Yeah, low center of yeah. Gravity. So every time he was fouled, it wasn't going to be like a career-ending injury. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that that makes sense. Okay, but like when he moved, he was. 28, 29? 29? Oh, yeah. Okay. He was late 20s. He was late 20s. He was late 20s. Yeah, yeah. And I think 
Madrid were in, a, were in a time where they had to make a marquee signing to like show everyone that it was still like those big dogs in Spain. And I think they bought him with the like, idea that he has three or four more years of this level of play because after this level of play, he'll be 33, 34 and kind of past it at that point because at 33, 34, he's not going to be as quick. He might be as shifty, but he might, he's not going to be as quick. He might not be able to do the things he's able to do. So in those four, in those theoretical four years of his top level of play, in the first two years he's barely played, so that's two years that has just gone. So hard, isn't it? Because I want to see him succeed. As well. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough because it's obviously he good. he has been injured. Yeah. But even when he has a, had a stretch of games where he has been kind of fit, he's been nowhere near the level that he was at Chelsea. Like nowhere near as many dribbles, nowhere near as many shots on target, nowhere many shots in altogether. As I say again, I, I don't watch him every week, so I don't know why, but I think at Chelsea, everything ran through him. Like he, was, he was the focal point of that team. And I think at Real Madrid... Which was, was a criticism, because everything we did ran through mm-hmm. him. And like, yeah. We needed him to succeed. But also, that gave him the opportunity to sort of do something in every game and be the man. Yeah. Whereas at Real Madrid, however, however good he is, he's not going to get that. Yeah, because at Real Madrid, even though he is older still, but Karim Benzema, he's perfectly... He's one of the best best strikers in the world still. They've got good young wingers that are hungry to play all the time in Vinicius and Rodrigo, I think his name is. It's just, he did, like, I've, I'm sure you saw the photos. He did look like he came, at least he looked like he came in overweight when he came to Real Madrid. I don't and, know how much, the, I'm, I'm bringing in a completely different sport, but I think sometimes pitches can be overread into the James Harden picture where he I mean the camera massive. adds 10 pounds on it the camera adds 10 pounds exactly <laughs> if you get the right angle you can yeah. make someone look incredibly chubby mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah I think that's all we've got to speak about today this is a bit of a different episode obviously that we've done subscribe to the channel like the video comment on all that sort of good stuff listen to us on Spotify Apple Podcasts and thanks for watching cheers